Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the Gospel today, which is stands at the centre of the Gospel of John and stands at the centre of all the Gospels, this passage. In chapter 6, if you haven't read it before, I suggest you read it very, very slowly, very carefully, with great alertness. But I'll read a part of it. It says, Then they said to him, to Christ, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? And so they come to him in a very strange circumstance and say to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus then responds and says, This is the work of God, that you have faith in him whom he sent. So they said to him, Okay, so what sign do you perform so that we may see it and have faith in you? What work will you do? So there's this back and forth. What work should we do? And then when Christ responds and tells them what they should do, they then say, okay, what will you do? What work will you do? And this answer, what work I will do, is what comes in the next verses. It's what comes in the next verses. And Christ responds and says a number of things. One, he says, I come to give life to the world. This is the work that I do. That secondly, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast him out. And the thirdly, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. That the Father gives all who come to me, I will cast none of them out. That I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. And then finally he says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I am him. So to the question, what work will you do? What will you do? He responds, I will raise up the world. I will reject no one that comes to me. I will lose no one that is drawn to me. I will give my life for the world and that my life will be in all who abide in me. This is the work that he does. This is what he comes to do. What does raise up mean when he says, I will raise up all, except to lift us up to his own will? Not just to raise us up as though it's from some lower arbitrary level. He comes to raise us up to His own level. To lift us up to His own glory. To put His Spirit in us so that we can then call God Abba Father. So that somehow, mystically, incomprehensibly, we can be as though we are standing on His level. 
to call God Father. And how, he says, through union with his own life, his own life in us. And this is what the Eucharist is. This is what the Eucharist is. What we are doing now is not some ritual. It's not some memorial. It's an entering into and a uniting to Christ. It's being nourished on. That is what he comes to do, to offer us his own life. St. Irenaeus, who's one of the church fathers in the second century, so writing something like 80 years after Jesus, writes this, For as the bread that is produced from the earth, common bread, when it receives the invocation of God, is no longer common bread but becomes the Eucharist. So just as the bread, even though it's common bread, when the Holy Spirit descends, becomes the Eucharist, consisting of two realities, earthly and heavenly, bread, but somehow being his flesh. So also our bodies, when they receive the Eucharist, are no longer corruptible, having the hope of the resurrection to eternity. Not only is the bread and the wine transformed into the body and the blood of Christ, we are transformed. When his life is in us, even though we are earthly, we become heavenly. Even though we are corruptible, we now become incorruptible. And then Christ continues in verse 57. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. He who feeds on me will live. This is the work that he comes to do, to offer us his life, so that his life will be in us. But only for him who feeds on me will he live. And the word that he uses there is a very strong word in Greek. It means trogon. It means to gnaw, to chew. It's a very physical word. He's saying to them, you need to feed on me. Just like animals would feed on a carcass. And then my life will be in you. And the image is very difficult because it's so carnal. It's so physical. But Christ was unambiguous on this point. He was unambiguous on this point. He continues, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? What do you mean to say that we have to chew on him? That we have to feed on him? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? The word he says in Greek is, Does this scandalize you? That I am telling you that my work is to offer myself to you. And that your work is to accept that, to chew, to gnaw, to nourish yourself on me. Does that scandalize you? And it says then, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? Does this scandalize you? For us, this is scandalous. For first century Jews, this was beyond scandalous. It was almost impossible. It was taboo to even touch a carcass. It was taboo to even touch a dead body. And yet he is telling them to eat him, to gnaw on him. And yet this is precisely what Christ is telling them to do. With no negotiation, with no saying I was talking symbolically, with no saying you've misunderstood me, with none of that. Simply, do you wish to also go away? Because it's unambiguous non-negotiable on this point. Christ is telling them, my work is to offer my life to you. 
for you to feed on my life, for my life to be in you and for you to be. St. Cyril of Alexandria, one of the early church fathers of the 4th century, says, O sublime condescension, the Creator gives Himself to His creatures for their delight. Life bestows itself on mortals as food and drink. Eat of me as I am life and live, for this is what I desire. Eat of me as I am life and live, for this is what I desire. This is my work. This is what I have come to do. That you may live through my divine life coursing through you. That it may chase away all darkness in you, all corruption in you, that you may live. And so then we return to the first question I asked him. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? His work is that he offers us his life. But what work do we do? Many years ago, I... Um, I met during a, a mass um, in, in Sudan, an Italian priest, and he had an aura about him, a very, very special man by the name of Father Benson. He was probably about 85 at this time or something like that. And so I remember as I was driving back or walking back to the convent where I was staying, I said to my aunt, who was a nun, I said to her, I'd love to have a chat with him before I leave. And didn't think much of it. That evening, someone knocked on the door, and said, um, uh, hi, I am Father Benson. I am here to speak to Daniel. And so then they opened up and they said, Father Benson wants to speak to you. So I said to my aunt, oh, did you tell him that I wanted to speak to him? And she said, no, it's been two hours. We haven't had a chance to do anything. No one's spoken to him. And so he came to me and he said to me, I'd like to speak to you. I said, okay. I had no idea why. And he told me his story that he was an Italian uh, professor of theology from the Vatican, and that at about 65, or after his retirement, he decided to give himself to God, went to Sudan to serve the people um, of black Sudan who had suffered during the civil wars. Many of them had lost their lives, lost their families, and were really a broken people. And then he said to me, a couple of years ago, he goes, I had prostate cancer. So they made me, they forced me to go back to Italy because they said without treatment I would die. I said, okay. And then he said, when I was lying in a hospital bed in Rome, I got upset and I started crying. I know it's not right that an old man like me should cry, but I started crying. And I said to Saint Bachita, who was the patron saint of Sudan, I said, I came to Sudan to give my life to the people. And now I'm lying here in a hospital bed in Europe. You must come and heal me so I can go back to the people. Else, I would be very upset. He goes, and as a matter of fact, he said, so she came, she healed me, and the next day I went back to Sudan. I said, okay. And he goes, then I came back and I offered myself to the people. Because all I wanted, he said, was to offer myself to the people. A few years later, I mentioned what he said to me to one of the nuns that was there. And then she began to become teary and said to me, we had no idea. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He was dying. They moved him to Italy for treatment. But something like three days into the trip in Italy, they sent him back and said there was nothing wrong with him. But we had no idea what had happened. What shall we do that we may work the works of God? For Father Benson, the Lord offered himself in life. He was dying. That life came back to him. What work does he then do? He offers himself to the people. 
He offers himself to the people. Christ's works is that he offers himself to us, that his life would course in us, would be in us. Our work is to accept him, to feed on him, to be nourished on him, and then in turn offer ourselves to him. In turn offer ourselves to him. The life that we now live because of him has to also be offered. Our work is to share in his offering. And just like him, that means our work means that we must then offer ourselves to the world, to raise up the world like him, to reject no one like him, to lose no one like him, to give my life for the world. This is the work that we are called to do. And so there is this mutual works between us and our Lord. He offers himself to us, we accept his offering, and then we are then called to offer ourselves to all those who move. Glory be to God forevermore. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.